and welcome in to the week 7 edition of the Playbook Pundits video cast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I know seven weeks, we're already in week 7. I'm sports editor Zach James and alongside with me as always is assistant sports editor Shane Lance. Hello. Coming up in this week's video cast, we'll go over the, week, the top week 6 highlights that we saw throughout the weekend. Uh, talk a little bit about the Muskies home opener win mm-hmm. over Sioux Falls on Saturday night and take a look at what's, what big events are coming up this week. In the Siouxland, let's start off with Friday night, and and let's stay in the Metro. Let's let's talk about North's big win mm-hmm. against Waukee. It was a meaningful win for the Stars as they beat a Des Moines suburban team, and they beat them uh, in pretty handily fashion. You covered that game. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from that game? I think my biggest takeaway was just how proud they were of themselves yes. after that. I mean, I I talked to. Uh, Desmond Grace after that and head coach Mitch Moore and they all of them were just thrilled with it I mean you would have thought that they'd clinch the district or like it was like a postseason win because they they were just all hooting and hollering as my grandpa would say hooting and hollering hooting and hollering and they ran over to the locker room and I could hear them just yelling and getting excited and yeah they from what they were telling me I mean beating a Des Moines area school they they feel like Sioux City kind of gets the uh um, just doesn't get quite as much love, and Des Moines always kind of looks down on them, according mm-hmm. to them. So they were very excited to just prove themselves a little bit and come back with a with a real big victory. And to your point, I talked about this in my column about four weeks ago, how Sioux City kind of garnered some respect after all three city teams won on the same night about four weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I think we saw that again on Friday night, to your point, how North took that pride of beating a Des Moines team. That doesn't happen very often, and mm-hmm. when it does happen, it should be recognized, and I'm glad the Stars were able to celebrate it in the fashion that they did. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, this is a, this seemed like a win that really was going to boost them for a couple of weeks, so I wouldn't be surprised to kind of ride this high for a little while and uh, see where it takes them. What was the big thing that North did against Waukee on the field? It was kind of just relying on their, their big playmakers. I mean, you have... Um, like just you have a guy like Carson Strobean. I mean, did, he only had 68 passing yards, but he kind of did some stuff with his legs. Was able to run a little bit and make some plays. Um, you have Desmond Grace, who is just a great playmaker. Uh, had the stats, and he had 71 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and on defense, had four tackles with three assists. And on the final drive for Waukee, had a big pass breakup on second down that was really crucial. Um, I was pretty impressed with just the way that he played and kind of the passion that he plays with. Um, and then, I'm, I don't know why I'm blanking on the running back name, the guy that we... Dedrick the, Sullivan. Dedrick Sullivan, our former athlete of the week, the guy that I wrote about. Yes. He, he had a pretty good day too, so just relied a lot on their playmakers and the defense came up pretty big yeah. too. Speaking of defenses, if I had to give out a game ball this week to a team, i give to Woodbury Central's defense for holding Westfoot to under 100 rushing yards holding Jackson DeWall to under 100 yards. I don't remember off the top of my head mm-hmm. what that exact number was, but the Wildcats' defense didn't let the Rebels get going on offense, and that was huge for the Wildcats to not only beat Westwood, but hammer Westwood. So that I think that was a signature win for the Wildcats. It's something they can use going for these last three weeks of the regular season to build off of and get themselves ready for a deep playoff push in Class A. Yeah, I mean, if you you can stop Jackson DeWald, I imagine he was the focus of yeah, their, sure he was. their playbook this week, and just he was the guy they were keying in on. And yeah, that's very impressive that they held one of the the area and the state's best rushers to that few yards. I was very impressed yes. by that. Yes, and then on Saturday we both covered college football games. Mm-hmm. I, I was at Briarcliff. They had a disappointing twenty-four to twenty-three loss against Hastings. 
Morningside took care of Midland by a 59-14 score. Uh, that was your first time seeing Morningside uh, play. What'd you think? Well, it was the uh, it was my first one this year. I saw them last year against That's Northwestern. That's right. You did see them against um, Northwestern, but you got to see them winning. Game. I did. I, this is my first Morningside win, just bafflingly. Uh, but yeah, they they were just dominant. I mean, the first quarter they came out pretty strong, scored a touchdown. I think on their second drive. Um, and it was uh, Joe Dolinchek and Reed Jurgensmeyer again just came up with all of the yards. I, let me look at this. I want to know exactly what Jurgensmeyer... There was two receivers with over 150 yards. Um, Jurgensmeyer ended up with eight catches for 131 yards and three touchdowns, making him only the second receiver ever in program history to have 60 touchdown catches in a career, which is just mind-blowing. That's mind-boggling, That's yes. crazy for a, a college receiver. It but, is. Um, yeah, just those two, along with the running back, I mean, all of them just, they played spectacularly. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a, a treat to watch. I really enjoyed just watching them go to work. I enjoyed watching Briar Cliff have, play well for two and a half quarters, but after they got stopped inside the 10, I think late in the third quarter, you could kind of sense the momentum being turned by the Broncos, and the Broncos took advantage of it. They scored 10 points in the final 6-19 mm -hmm. to, to stun the Chargers, and, and the crowd was stunned. Um, they were expecting a win. I was expecting a win after uh, two and a half quarters, but it just didn't happen. And and like Shane Lede, Lede, he said after the game, little things matter, mm -hmm. and they do. They add up, for uh, they sure. They add up, and the offensive line didn't play as well in the second half. The defense got tired towards the fourth quarter, and those thing, little things add up. And I think that's going to be a big focal point for the Chargers coming up this week as, as they prepare for, for their next game. But I think the, the corner is starting to turn, and the players really do respect the coaching staff, mm -hmm. which I don't know happened last year. So I think these guys are buying in. It's just that little moment just has to happen. And they, they do have a win on the season, but that little moment just has to happen. And Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's sooner rather than later they'll have that sparking moment that they can kind of build some momentum in their program. And we were busy yeah, on Saturday. We were. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say with the, the quarterback situation, too, I mean, yeah. having a, a true freshman at QB, I think it really, you can see with a guy like Joe Dolinchek for Morningside, I mean, that is a yeah, key position. And when you get that experience, and even if it's a rough time, I mean, if he's if he's getting beat up, that's that's experience and that's character building. Um, and that's that was another thing I wanted to mention with total yards with Morningside uh, compared to Midland. Um, you were speaking of the little things, and the little things added up for Morningside too, with 704 total yards of offense compared to 232 for uh, for Midland, which is mind-boggling yeah. to me. Um, but yeah, when, once you get that experience with those playmakers like Morningside has, I think that's what leads to success, and that's what Briarcliff just kind of needs to finally get to that point. We didn't just cover football on Saturday. We did not. You was... covered hockey. I saw one wrestling match in person. Mm -hmm. I, I watched the other ones online. Let's get to the Muskies now. Was the Muskies had a big 5-2 to two win over uh, Sioux Falls on Saturday. I, I got to be there for the, for the final few minutes. And my takeaways, the crowd was good. Mm -hmm. The crowd was in it. And this team can play. Yeah, they had, I think they had five different players score goals in that game. I mean... The, the one that I wanted to focus on was Charlie Shane, uh, who is a, a kid that was drafted, played last year in Janesville. Um, he's from Minnesota area, um, but definitely big-time player. He can pretty much do it all for them from what I've seen in the past couple of games. I mean, he finished the day with one goal and two assists. 
Um, and his parents were in the crowd. That's too, cool which, too. Yeah, this is their first time coming to Sioux City. You get to see their their uh, their child have a big day. Yeah, that's um, cool. So yeah, I, just, I really enjoyed that aspect of and, it, and got to yeah. talk to him after the game. It seemed like a a very talented kid. And the cool part is, after he scored his goal, uh, the players I don't remember which one it was, but we went in the basket, got the puck. Flipped it right to the bench and made sure made sure he had that as a souvenir. Yeah, first for his first his USA first goal. goal. That's just yeah, I thought that was awesome and yeah, really enjoyed talking to to him and uh, head coach Luke Strand. They they all seemed like they were in a pretty good mood yeah. after that win. So yeah, yeah, and then after after that they got three two and a half weeks I think until their next home yep. game. So a lot of time for fan excitement to yeah. build up again. And that'll be a very emotional home home weekend. Mm -hmm. on Friday night on the twenty second. Uh, they will retire Matisse Kivlenix's number. It's 35 Forever Night. Uh, the first 1,000 fans in the door get a hand-painted uh, poster mm -hmm. of Matisse. Um, it'll be an emotional night for sure. Uh, a couple people inside the Muskies have told me that, and I'm, I don't doubt them that it will be an emotional night. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the Muskies can use that emotion to kind of play well that weekend and honor their great goal, former goalie. Mm -hmm. and, and put up a good show. And then it's crotch, crotch check cancer night uh, the following night on the 23rd, and that's also an, an emotional night. And uh, it, it'll be it'll be an important weekend for the Muskies off the ice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's even just being there for the pregame um, festivities on opening night a couple days ago. They When they just mentioned Matisse's name, everyone in the crowd started cheering because he was just pretty much a Musketeers yep. legend. He was of, so big in this community. Yeah, and they, they, his teammates, when I talked, when I wrote the story after he passed away a couple months ago, his former teammates and his coaches had just nothing but awesome things to say about mm -hmm. him. Said he was so just hilarious and funny to be around and told me that he had just a passion for junk food, which, <laughs> I, just, which I loved as just a little humanizing angle to him. But yeah, they called him the greatest goalie in Musketeers history before, that's, before that's the game. That's high praise. And it is. There's, there's been some great goalies in this town, but he seems to be uh, the most beloved. Um, and when they announced that they were retiring his number, yeah. that the crowd just ate it up. They're, they're all on board, and I think it's going to be a, a packed house and yeah, yeah, very emotional on the 22nd. Before I got to, uh, to the Tyson to see the last few minutes of the hockey game, I got to see some matches at Night of Conflict at the Long Lines Arena next door. It was a cool atmosphere. It was it, it was an, a way for the wrestling community community to celebrate its elite wrestlers, and it was just a cool atmosphere. Fans were there, VIP seating. I wrestle, put on a good show um, with some really good wrestlers. We had some local wrestlers, both in boys and girls, mm -hmm. uh, compete there. And the big match of the night was Ty Kudum of Sergeant Bluff Luton facing Cam Clark of West Sioux, and, and Kudum. Uh, had a uh, late move to beat Clark five to four, and it was a good match. I got to watch that here online, unfortunately, because we had to get the paper out on Saturday night. But it was a cool atmosphere once I got there. Uh, I'm sure the wrestlers enjoyed being there and getting that those juices flowing for the wrestling season a little bit, which isn't too far away. Oh, it's coming up fast. It is. It's it, it always feels in this job that once a, a state tournament ends, it's gonna another one begins. Another one begins, and it's just gonna arrive like that. I mean, we, you know, in our job, the build up to football season yes. took so long, and now football season, the majority of it is done. Yeah. So yeah, it's wild, but it's it is good to see wrestling kind of get going again. I know last year was kind of tough with yep. COVID and everything, all yep. the restrictions, but it was just nice, I guess, to have a a big event. 
in Sioux City like that for the second year in a row. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it builds into a, an annual thing where yeah. it's it's always in Sioux City. I think it'd be great for this community. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to, to wrestling after seeing a little bit of it. Yes, yes, and you'll be having a little bit of wrestling for us mm -hmm. in the winter season. And yeah, uh, I'm very excited about yes, that. Yes, you will do a great job doing that, both on the girls and covering both boys and girls wrestling because it is huge around here. Yeah, big time. Especially in Spencer and South Sioux, they have good girls programs, so we're looking forward to seeing it. And Ridgeview, too. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward, forward to seeing the girls wrestling sport kind of uh, increase and, and, and kind of explode the way it is, and we hope it does. And the boys wrestling landscape is going to be good around here, too. So mm -hmm. we're looking forward We're looking forward to covering the winter season, but we're not done yet with the fall season. Yep, we got some stuff to we do before we get there. We got some stuff to do for the fall season and, and volleyball, cross country, and, of course, football as well. Uh, other games in the football landscape that we wanted to talk about from Friday night, Akron and Westfield uh, taking on Hinton. Two players had really good games for both, for each side. Uh, for Akron, Cade Walkingstick had a really good game. He was 32 for 52 for 322 yards. It's a good day. And then we had a nomination for Siouxland Athlete of the Week, uh, Carson Pierce for Hinton. He had three catches, 153 yards. You know, all three catches were for touchdowns. Nice. So, yeah, see, so we had a very productive night. So good job out of Carson. Good job out of Cade on the Westerner side. And then we talked about what Woodbury Central uh, did against uh, Westwood. So good job out of them mm -hmm. as well. Any other things that... Uh, uh, Jumped out to you over the weekend that we haven't talked about? Well, we can finish with a little bit of the Metro stuff. If we yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Let's do that. So we, what do we have here? We had uh, SBL. They they took down uh, MLC Floyd, Floyd Valley. Valley. 39 to 14. That's a big day. I mean, I need to remind myself of all the statistics. SBL, 230 rushing yards compared to 92 for MLC Floyd Valley. So they came to play. They, they did. Uh, yeah, that's SBL, always a, a tough opponent, as we've seen many times this year. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, I was not expecting it to be that much of a blowout. But, <laughs> but yeah, very, very good night from them. Uh, we had uh, Dakota Valley. They lost to Millbank, 36 to 13. Um, over in South Sioux, 56 12. Uh, Bennington beats the Cardinals. Uh, Bishop Elan almost pulled out of so victory close. by one point. So close. So close. Carroll beat them 23 to 22. So that has yeah has to be a bit of a heartbreaker yeah. for those Elan kids. You got to um, feel for those healing kids absolutely. so close. Yeah, being that close. I mean, it, we saw it, I think, with uh, with West a couple weeks ago. when they Did they win by one point on that final play? Yes, um, against South Sioux. Yeah. So it cuts both ways. One point victory can be an absolute thrill. A one point loss can just devastate you. But hopefully they can bounce back from that. I hope they do. They got uh, three more chances. So yep. hopefully they can... Hopefully they can get over that hump, and then uh, Des Moines East beating West uh, there too, and East plays East this mm -hmm. week. So that's kind of a geographical confusion. We hit North play North earlier this season, so Just a little, a, a lot of things lining up for a us. Lot, a lot of uh, geographical things lining up for us coming up this week in the journal. You're actually covering Crofton and Ponca mm -hmm. this week, so look forward to seeing what you find out about both teams, and then we'll talk about that game on Friday. Of course, we'll talk about Sergeant Bluff taking on Boyden Hall Rock Valley in a big district matchup coming up on Friday. And then the other game we're going to cover this week is Dennis and Schleswig taking on Lamar's up in the ice cream capital of the world. And we'll uh, have a preview for that coming up in print this week and also online. For Assistant Sports Editor Shane Lance, Visuals Editor Tim Hines, I'm Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for watching and listening if you're on the audio side of things. We'll talk to you on Friday in a live stream at SiouxCityJournal.com at 5 o'clock on Friday. Bye, everybody.